This is Poor Pivots, where Sean and I are going to look at some of the best in business and dig into what makes them tick. We'll dive into possible pivots to help them turn in the corner or completely flop. You're about to find out what it takes for a big company to thrive and survive. Hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of Poor Pivots. Sean, if you were to describe your, your ideal Friday night, what would it be? My ideal Friday night? Uh-huh. Oh, man. This is where people realize how lame I am. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's a nice, like, dinner date night with me and Preeti, and we go out to a, you know, a Chinese or Mexican restaurant. Okay. Then maybe okay. we go out to a movie. That'd be pretty fun. See, I, I'm a little different. I like to come home from work, uh, have some sort of technology issue in my house, and, and give me an excuse to call Comcast, because... <laughs> Because I know it's going to be about nine hours later that our issue will get solved. Oh, no. But it really gives me a lot of time to get to know the nine people I get to meet throughout that night. The nine people from Comcast? <laughs> <laughs> it's my ideal Friday. Perfect. You're meeting new people. You're taking time to reflect on your life choices. I think of it as a social affair, right? I, I also pour myself a glass of wine and you just... You sit down and you you strap in for the night because that's <laughs> that's what you're gonna have ahead of you. Are you a Comcast user? I I am a Comcast user uh, for no reason outside of it was kind of required. Like I had two two options. I had Comcast. I had Centrally CenturyLink, but Comcast would give me 50 megabytes uh, per whatever unit is. Uh, CenturyLink was three, so for the same price, I could choose one or the other, and I. I, I don't know like if I would have been more excited to do CenturyLink anyway, um, but it's like I can Three. I can either have the gold plan or like the dirt plan. What would you and pay about the same? What would you want? <laughs> That's savage. I remember. So my parents were on CenturyLink for a long, long time, and they switched mm-hmm. to Comcast. They were actually one of the long, longest running CenturyLink customers in the region. And they were paying like 50 bucks a month. And I ran a speed test because you can just do you know, yes. speedtest.net and it shows you what you're putting from up and down and your latency. And it was literally the worst connection I'd ever seen. They were getting like one up, you know, like <laughs> one, one up, one down. It was so bad. And I couldn't believe they were spending 50 bucks a month. So I totally understand your decision to go uh, go Comcast. <laughs> when, they were, when they were playing their like online Sudoku, that was all that they could do. Couldn't even load a web page. Just <laughs> it was, well, honestly, the biggest thing was for me because I would come over to try to you know do stuff, and I'd go be on the computer, and I could only have one tab open at a time, which is a deal breaker for me. Why even have the internet at that point? Yes, and it, I give Comcast crap, but it it's pretty consistent across all all like providers, all telecommunication companies. It's it's one of those pain points. I've I've been trying to think about this. It's one of those pain points where it would be really difficult to try to like build a service side of it to support mm. a business like that because it it's that pain point that if if people are having troubles they are having troubles and they are pissed and a lot of times you know you're servicing the whole entire country you can't just send someone out the that that second to go fix it and your average user does not understand what a router is what a modem is it is like a it is probably i bet you 99% of their problems are user error <laughs> but that in the in that user's mind, that is not true. And they are just <laughs> furious. <laughs> Comcast. Oh man, yeah, I've I've been there, right? Where it's like they tell you call them up, they tell you to turn it off and on again, and it works, and you hate your life. <laughs> <laughs> the 
like, you're right this time, but I will be back. (laughs) (laughs) Next Friday, I'm calling you. (laughs) Man. So today, what do we got? Comcast? Comcast. (laughs) Comcast is the topic. Fantastic. What what do we know about them? What do we like about them? They are... What's not to like, man? They they are... I'll call them a a telecommunications conglomerate uh, because... You know, I use them for internet. Sounds like you have in the past, at least. Yep. Uh, but they do so much more than that. They do. They are the second largest broadcasting and cable television company in the world. They are the largest pay TV company in the world. They are the largest internet service provider in the United States. My favorite one is the nation's third largest home telephone service provider. I have that too. The residential voice revenues, man. They, when I was doing research on this and I saw they were netting over $3 billion annually in phone, home phone lines, I could not believe it. Well, I don't, I don't get it. Like, this is where I'm so out of touch with the rest of the world. Like, what? who has those? I, do, I literally don't know anyone with a home phone line outside of like, are they selling to like hotels? Or My, my parents <laughs> My parents say I have a landline. Do they? My parents are the people who will have cell phones and tell you to call them and then will never answer their cell phones. So you need that landline because always there's no way to silence it. They they are <laughs> resistant to change and that landline is the only thing keeping them in touch with you. I will say though, they've lost about half of their, maybe not quite half, maybe closer to 40%, 50% of their total revenues from residential voice <laughs> for the last four years. That's a market that's dying. <laughs> yeah, who would have thought? Oh my gosh. I would love to see if, if we have like, shitty support with our internet just imagine if you have if you have like a landline problem i mean there is a a crackpot team of like three people supporting that three billion dollar business and i i guarantee and you you see in other businesses too it's like okay our 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 money makers are internet and our own content sure the the in-home services of landlines is no longer a money maker but we are going to milk this thing until it dies. <laughs> cash cow. Cash yeah. cash cow. We are not going to support it. We are going to put no money or effort into it. <laughs> I just envision this like you have an issue with your landline and you call in and it's like a you know a fire department type situation. You've got yes. like three people. They're sliding down things. All right. Go, go, go. So, oh my God. Well, like just that whole scenario is, is pretty comical. And this is what happened to me. So I, I have a few stories that I will share about my wonderful experiences with Comcast. The first one was... Like five years ago, we had Comcast and I, I, I had like a particularly tough day at work and I wanted to, I wanted to go home. And I remember it's like, I wanted to go home and Breaking Bad was on and okay. I wanted to watch the next episode on like on demand. Oh, <laughs> no, it's right. I get home and I, and I'm tired. I'm exhausted. I'm just like, I just want to watch Breaking Bad. <laughs> I'm tired. And I get there and the internet is down and I, I was like, oh my God, I can't, I can't <laughs> handle this right now. And so I call Comcast and they're, they're walking me through this and they, they keep telling me like, you know, we are, we are setting up, retrying the modem, retrying the router. Then they keep telling me to like go online at Comcast.com. It's like, I can't do that. I can't do that because the internet is down. <laughs> it's like, do you not understand? Like they're trying to run me through some back end thing on my profile. And it's like, I can't do that right now because of this issue with the system and i remember the the real thing the sticking point to it was like probably about two hours into this conversation and i'm all i want to do 
his watch, my like 45 minute episode. <laughs> Two hours into this, they hung up on me. No. They hung up on me. And there was there was nothing I could do. It's like then I just started over from square one and I called him up. And the, the whole kicker on it was like I am now an hour into my second conversation with Comcast. <laughs> so three hours total. I have still not watched a second of Breaking Bad. <laughs> And I remember I was trying to make dinner while I was on the phone with Comcast. I had my headphones in and I had been, I was getting transferred to somebody. And while I was, I was eating chili. And so I opened a can of chili and I opened it up about three fourths of the way. And instead of just opening it all the way, I don't know why I, I like stuck a, a knife in to prop it open. And I was like peeling back the top of this can and the Comcast guy, an hour into it, hung up on me again. And right around that same time, my knife broke into my chili. And so I'm sitting there with like a can of chili I cannot eat with half of a knife in it. I am no longer on the phone with Comcast and I cannot watch Breaking Bad. And I was just I, – I, I was just dead inside. That was not your day, man. Nothing. Nothing could go right. So at what point do you just, you know, call it a loss and watch Breaking Bad on your phone for that episode? I, I, the, this is this was in the time where like my my smartphone was like a BlackBerry Pilot. So, oh, no. you know, we are we are not streaming. <laughs> yeah, anything. we're not watching anything. Uh, that 2G connection. <laughs> I'm even like I'm 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 fuming right now. Just thinking, <laughs> thinking about so, it. So obviously when it comes down to Comcast, you know, key capabilities, the thing that's that they're really good at, support is not even close <laughs> to being in that list. What are some of the other things that they're they're doing a good job at? They've they've done interesting stuff. Um, I think about them from like a content perspective, right? With mm-hmm. NBC, so they bought GE's old stake in NBC slash Universal Studios. Yeah, and so they've got some interesting stuff there. Really, a lot of like the late night shows. I didn't even realize this. Like Saturday Night Live, Jimmy Fallon, like all those programs are through NBC, which is Comcast. Yeah. I don't know. I kind of think they're doing a good job more so with their their programming side of the business. Uh, uh, their broadband side of the business is their fastest growing segment. But yeah. I, there's too many stories like yours, right? <laughs> yeah. For me to really call that a capability, it's almost like they're they're winning because they're the only game in town. Yeah, and I think that's the, the tough part about the market is that the infrastructure costs are so incredibly heavy that it is difficult for anybody to enter into the game without consolidating like consolidating or buying a company that's already in it and comcast has pretty much bought everybody and so there are very few players i agree with you on the content side not only on the content that they own or at least have a stake in but also the technology built around the content like i i will say having not are you well are you a comcast tv subscriber no xfinity i don't do that and i I am not but i was this probably like five years ago and I have friends that are still to today. And it, it's it is like night and day how much the interface has improved. Mm. And like everything from searchability to uh, accessibility as a user. And they're they're adopting technology at a pretty cool rate uh, that's on par with like some of the most popular things that we've come to to know to to expect. So everything like voice searching. Oh, um connecting other platforms to it so you, like have you seen the commercial where they talk into the remote i'm i'm i miss so, this one and it's gotten to the point now where you're like if you have the most recent comcast remote you can click a button and say play breaking bad 
And if they have it within your either your library or whatever streaming services you're connected to, it works. No, they'll say, Nels, the internet isn't working. We're going to go to this website to get no. more information. No. <laughs> oh, man. What a tough day. That was, I was like 22 and just wanted chili, chili and, and Breaking and Bad. Out. Nothing wrong with that. Oh, man. So it's interesting. I, I do agree, though. I think like their programming side has been really interesting. One of the big headlines they made, actually, first it was a rumor back in December, but it made headlines last month, was their announcement on OTT. So OTT is over the top. It's like a standalone streaming option. So if you think about like what Netflix is or yeah. HBO Go or even YouTube, Amazon Prime Now. All right, I guess there are a lot of them in this space. Yeah. But they announced, they kind of like cryptically, it was in a, a message. I think it was even like a tweet that one of the executives sent out. They're like, hey, big things big things coming. And it turned out they're thinking about launching their own standalone yeah. streaming service. The thing that got me really fired up about it, though, was they said, unlike their competition, who have made kind of hasty products, that's why they really wanted to take their time to make something oh, great. Oh, yeah. And I'm, I'm thinking about that. And sure, a second mover advantage, I think, in a lot of industries is very real. Right, like Microsoft is great at that. They didn't invent the word processor, but they figured yeah. out what made it tick, and then they made Word, which was a great product for a long yeah. time. And I kind of look at that market of like the Hulu's, the Netflix of the world, and I'm kind of scratching my head. I'm like, what is that second mover <laughs> advantage? Like, they like they've already kind of beaten you to the punch with several really popular shows. Yeah. I think about like the Stranger Things, yeah. or like feels like every major one, every one of them has like major shows that people like of original mm-hmm. content. I, I don't know. Like, it's so confusing. Aside from, like, the second mover, mover advantage of learning not to have Adam Sandler write eight movies for you. Like, I'm not sure what learning there is to be had. I, you know, the funny thing, you're referencing Netflix, like, yeah. bringing Adam Sandler. Apparently, those are incredibly successful. <laughs> no Like, way. everyone and their mother is watching Adam Sandler <laughs> no, movies. No, please. All right, I watched, what was it? I watched one of them, and it was no good. So. And the, this, is, this is how, like, out of touch we are with reality shine. I... I I figured since I don't have TV anymore, I figured all of all of the world has gotten rid of cable TV. And then you look at the stats and there are 25 million Comcast Internet subscribers and 22 million TV subscribers. So it's like, no, everybody's still got it. And Adam Sandler, too. I figure like I'm not watching this. No one is. Everybody is freaking watching it. <laughs> but you bring up a good point with like the second mover advantage of. The services are great. No one has any complaints with like what what revolutionary experience are they going to now bring in? I don't know. It is an interesting like OTT and just everyone pushing towards streaming is interesting and it's indicative of that uh, TV subscribers and how that's getting cut off pretty quickly. Totally. So, and I think the idea behind it is, you know, once that gets into the the world of like landlines where they're just <laughs> right they're just milking the the customers that they have they need a more growth oriented segment of that business so what i saw is that it's so interesting because when i was researching this that was a segment that i expected to already be there i expected cord cutting like we'd heard a lot about it in fact one of the early articles i saw had the stat 33 million people in the u.s cut the cord in 2018 crazy that number was up 40 percent from yeah. what it was in 2017, which seems like a pretty substantial jump. Mm-hmm. But then you realize that in a survey, 70% of people said that they had like cable and had no intentions of cutting the cord yeah. last year. And maybe that'll change as sentiment changes over time, but mm-hmm. it still seems like the the battle for cord cutting is one that's far from being won 
one way or the other. It's just something that'll be a long, yeah. more gradual progression. And, and this is on that back to the tune of like what Comcast does well with their technology. Yeah. I mean, you can have cable and it can be attached to your house, but like part of the other benefit of that is that it affords you basically an Xfinity all pass go for if you're trying to stream stuff to your device and their platform is pretty good. So like a lot of people still use cable for sports. Like yeah. that is, that yeah. seems to be the big driver of it. And you can, if you're out on a plane and you have internet on the flight, you know, you can pull out your tablet and go on Xfinity, whatever.com <laughs> and watch, watch it, that game, which is kind of cool. Can we talk about the Comcast Xfinity? Can we talk about that? Can we talk about that real <laughs> When in doubt, when in doubt, just make a new brand. <laughs> right, because, I mean, I, I, I have no, you know, this is speculation on my part, but yes. I think that, you know, they had such negative sentiment around Comcast. I mean, mm-hmm. that was, and Xfinity was kind of this popular, because it was originally like their TV thing, right? Like, and they rebrand the whole company as that. And of course, you still have the Xfinity double and triple play, which is they sell you all their product lines. Yes. But now no one thinks of it as Comcast anymore. They just think of it as Xfinity. <laughs> I, the, it's, yeah, they'll never go out and admit like, hey, you all hated Comcast, so we changed names. <laughs> Look over here. <laughs> That's different now. <laughs> and I, I think people are pretty wise to it, but it is still, <sighs> the whole concept of it is pretty funny. Uh, back, but back to that content idea, it's 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 interesting because Comcast is not the only one that's thinking about it. Yep. And I think a lot of the the other big media conglomerate in the world is Disney. Yep. And a lot of this like push to create our, your own content uh, and really get subscribers is that Disney is going to be doing that soon. And they own almost everything. They own my childhood. Yeah. They own your childhood <laughs> and my future. <laughs> but uh, there's going to come a point where like no longer will will Disney get the rights to like TV cable companies in the world. Or own. Netflix. Yeah. Netflix has to pull all of their Marvel content. And that's just – and that's that's – like once they do that, TV goes from being something that was like already questionably worth it to now there's nothing on here anymore, right? Like half the channels are gone. You know, they need to be in that game of like their own streaming service, whether it's going to work or not. Yeah. I mean, I think that's kind of where their head is at with that. Totally, totally. I mean, and they've done they've done some interesting moves. Like they have kind of global reach now. So they acquired Sky last year. Mm-hmm. There was a company that they, there were several folks kind of interested in large European media company, one of the largest ones in the UK. Um, they put a bid on 20th Century Fox. It mm-hmm. actually was one of the higher bids at the time, but then Disney came back and they, they obviously did not end up with that one. Uh, but like they're, they're very active in the space. They've got a lot of, of you know, logs in the fire. Yeah. What do you think, Nels? How do they, how do they spark something <laughs> up, man? <laughs> why, why don't I start this time? We'll, we'll, do, we'll do something new. Um, I'm going to tell you my second experience with Comcast. Oh, that was actually ultimately very positive. So I, one thing that I will give them credit for is very rarely, actually most of my life where I have been responsible for internet uh, has been Comcast. We've used Comcast, like most of my life where I've been responsible to curate and find the person to work with. Uh, it's always been Comcast just because that's what's available. And I very rarely have problems with them. Right. The only time where I ever really have to interact with them where it can be a big pain in the ass is when I move. Sure. And you have to set something new up. And that has happened to be almost every single year for the last seven years <laughs> since I've been in college. So that's why I have such a point of view on them. But, you know, once it's set up and set up properly, it works pretty well. 
And if there is an issue, it's usually like the city for internet is down. And oh, then no. it goes back. Yeah. Right? There's nothing that they can do. <laughs> uh, and so we recently just purchased a house and we have, it's an older house. It's built in 1910. And who was the provider back in 1910? <laughs> <laughs> just just uh, some guy with a, a satellite dish up on my roof. He just, he hung out there. Uh, it's funny that So I get, I get this. I, I am just so programmed to like hate any, any fee of like a company like Comcast to come and set up your box. And then I'm just pissed. So you're just like, I have to pay $90 for someone to come out and set up my box when it's flipping a switch. And so we set up this window and it was, they actually, they had improved. It was no longer just a very, it wasn't like an eight hour window. It was, you know, three hours within a timeline. And then they told me as I got closer, like what it was more realistically going to be. So I, I was, I was I appreciative of that. Um, knowing that these people are like servicing multiple houses, you can't really tell how long it's going to be right. to do one or the other. And so they come out and I'm still a little, I'm still a little fiery because I just assume he's going to flip some switch. He comes out, he looks at, he looks at our wiring, in our basement. He's like, all right, going to have to rewire this. And the dude was there for four hours. What? And he ran a cable from the telephone pole in my alleyway. Like he was up, you know, 40 feet running a cable down across our house, like lining it up with all of our electrical cables to make it look good. Then went in and like sawed a hole into our house and put it through so we could have internet. And, it, you know, so four straight hours of like incredible labor. And I'm sitting here and now like reflecting on this 90 minute window of time or $90 fee. fee. Yeah, yeah. That's like, damn, that's, you know, 30 less than 30 bucks an hour. Like that's pretty good, right? <laughs> but it, it, it was interesting because basically what he was doing was our house did not have Comcast before. I don't even know if they had internet. Like there's no sign that they actually had internet. And what he was doing was it's like bringing our house up to modern day age. So now we can have internet and in the future, they won't have to do that. Very cool. And, uh, what I also figured out was that they have they have a fleet of cars doing this all the time, right? Like we are just one of tons of houses that are all around uh, that are dealing with this right now. And, and I actually looked it up and Comcast in their fleet has 38,544 vehicles. That's massive. Yeah. So they, they have, I mean, it's like comparable to delivery companies, right? And so it, it's just like an incredible amount of trucks, people that operate them, uh, skilled, employed people, poor Comcast that are doing that. And I, I got to think about like that whole interaction that I had with this guy. So, you know, they give you a time frame. So they have pre predictability on like when they're available or not. But the, like the big question mark is they have no idea how long it's going to take to service you. Right. And so in this case, the guy thought that like, you know, in my head, and, you know, going forward, all he would have to do is come over and literally flip a switch, right? And so that service call could be, you know, 20 minutes. It could be four hours like we had. And what it does is it leads to like random gaps of time where this guy is probably just chilling, doing absolutely nothing. And so I was thinking about it. And I was like, okay, they have almost 40,000 cars that all have like four or five you know, possible hours a day where they may or may not be servicing customers. Like what could they be doing? And then it got me to start thinking about Amazon 
And have you heard about Amazon's new logistics program? Which one? This is the program where you can start your own business. I've, ser- I've seen this. For as little as $10,000 a month, this. Yep, yep. <laughs> For $10,000, you can start your fleet of Amazon delivery. Yep. I've seen this. <laughs> and so like people may or may not know, the people that are delivering your Amazon Prime packages every day because everybody's always ordering them are often like third-party companies, right? So it's somebody who owns a bunch of trucks and employs people to go and deliver directly from the warehouse where Amazon puts all their packages. And my thought was, you know, there th- this program, it has been viewed in some ways as a, a business opportunity. And also it can be really difficult because working with a- Amazon, unless you're able to match their scale, can like really, really be tough for a small company. Sure. Right. There are a lot of expectations. The margins are razor thin. So, you know, Doug and his two trucks. Not making like, it. His team of three, <laughs> it's very difficult for them to make any money off of that. Poor Doug. Right? Um, and, and part of like one of the stipulations is they also want fully employed drivers. Yep. Right? For legal reasons. Uh, but what that means is like Doug is now on the hook for doing things like managing taxes for his employees, healthcare. And basically going from just a guy with some trucks to like he needs to own and operate a really big business. So that idea of like you're a random person on the street doing it isn't always like feasible. But the idea of a fleet of 40,000 Comcast vehicles doing it that already employ vetted and background check people, that's realistic. <laughs> so my, my vision for this, Sean, and I want to hear your thoughts and yeah. questions. I view a world where they have their Comcast service uh, requests that happen every day. Yep. And then in those windows of time that they have, uh, if it's two hours or more, what they do is then go into delivery mode. And so you you outfit the car to have all the equipment you need for the telecommunication side. Uh, but then also, if you're you're centered around a certain area, you're also going to be a delivery person when you have the availability, and you will you will service that side of the business too. I think it's interesting. My question would be around like integration, right? So mm-hmm. is it possible when I get my, my, you know, my schedule for the day from Comcast that we then sync it up to Amazon deliveries happening nearby? And so that way I can, as I'm going from house to house to yes. appointment to appointment, I can be making drop-offs as I go. 100%. And, and that's actually where Amazon gets applauded. Like this system with Amazon gets applauded is the fact that they have such great technology behind it. Right. I mean, they're a logistics company, right? And... It would, it would probably take a scale like a Comcast fleet for it to make sense to build custom, like a custom solution that not only tracks the Comcast service needs but also Amazon and like efficiently tells you where you should be and where you can be doing both. Would you be less upset with your Comcast guy if he showed up with a package that's yours? <laughs> oh, I love that. If he if he greeted me with a your a, package is here. Oh, and also I've got some wire around my back. Because we're going to get you internet. I'm going to scale this phone pole real quick. There you go. It's like their third brand that they... (laughs) Xfinity's not working anymore? All right, let's just hijack Amazon's brand. (laughs) I don't know if they can afford that one, but... All right, all right. So this is interesting. So you got these windows of time, and you've got these variances, right? Between the 20 minutes and the four hours. And so based on those pieces, but I guess... Walk me through this. So it has to kind of be more ad hoc, right? Where it's like, I'm not going to know at the beginning of the day that I'm going to have yeah. three easy ones or three hard ones. Yeah. I'm only going to really know when I get there. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'd almost, in my head, and there's probably a more efficient way to do this, 
I almost kind of view it as the uh, the Comcast warehouse where like the distribution point where all the trucks go out of ah. serves as the general distribution point for Amazon. Mm. So whether it's like every day Comcast goes and takes a, a load of, you know, 40 pallets of packages that need to go out, brings it to their little hub. And then as Xfinity cars have or do not have time to come up, pick and deliver, I could see it being like that. Um, I mean, the, the scenario that you're trying to describe, which is a good question, is it's like I can't have my car full of packages and then find out I need to be at Nels' house the whole day yeah. and then not deliver. <laughs> so I think what it is is like we put all those packages at that hub where cars can go and get them and run out. So it's probably more quick. A central spot for the yep. neighborhood. That's kind of neat. I think that could work. Mm-hmm. And I mean, Comcast is already set up in that way and that like the the central location of where the the trucks go to and from is not too far from the areas that they're servicing. Right. That makes sense. I guess do you need any and so they're all they they're all already employees who wouldn't have that issue. They're all already having benefits and some of those different pieces. Yeah. And the benefit we don't have to pay them more. Right. <laughs> they're already Sean, paid. They're being lazy. They're not doing the work, you know. So we can add an extra revenue stream and turn our, our passive people into active yes. money earning people. And our our assets like these trucks that are just sitting around and not making us money can now start doing that. It's better than just renting them out with Uber. Yeah. <laughs> Remember that time I took a ride in the Comcast truck to the game? It was a little cramped, but me and the ladders were having a lot of fun and back. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, man. I think that could be really neat. So you're unlocking your revenue stream by really leveraging kind of the service component of their broadband fleet. I like it. Yes. Yes. That's one idea. What do you got? My we man? got some others. All right. So, <laughs> so my idea focused on a different business unit entirely and okay. I'll give you a hint. It wasn't voice. So it was on their television, not necessarily cable, but their new offering, the OTT. Okay. So I thought a lot about this and I was like, okay, what real second mover advantages do they have? What are things that we kind of know are valuable to people yep. um, based on what we've seen over the last you know, four or five years? And how could that apply to the things that you're making, whether it's programming or mm-hmm. just different offerings you might employ there? And one thing that really struck me, there's a company, I don't, I don't think we've chatted about them ever before. Um, it, it's, it's a company that has done surprisingly well while staying under the radar. Do you know about Omaze? Have we talked about Omaze before? No. Omaze is a donation platform. So Omaze, you donate money yep, and you're eligible to win things like you can win swag, but really you're winning experiences. Yeah. So there's one, are you a Game of Thrones guy? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So for example, you can win VIP passes to the season premiere of Game of Thrones with Daenerys Targaryen. Yeah. So Amelia Clark and you would spend just the whole hanging out this hanging out at the premiere and the after party and you you, you win this you know yeah. the best part she's probably pumped for that oh like she, oh, she <laughs> you know i'm excited to hang out with her she's pumped to hang out with now 100 <laughs> she would love it so all right so you win things like this very experiential things yeah and it's a company that's done pretty well so you know when you think about um omaze they've ra- they've raised 70 million dollars in donations over the last six years and it's all about experiences the yeah. bulk of that happened in the last four years and so, you know, what can you really offer these viewers that's going to be different from a Disney or a Netflix or some of these others? And I think let's bring that experiential piece into our OTT offering. And so my thought was this. It says, hey, you know, if you become a premium subscriber of our OTT service, which would be more than just signing up for it normally, like you're a yeah. premium, like a pro subscriber, for an extra, you know, whatever it is, 
you'd get some entries for a chance to be an extra on one of the shows oh. that we create. Yeah, and so you could get a chance to actually, you know, be on set, be part of the filming. And I think with that in mind, like you're leveraging that experiential piece that Omaze did so well and you're bringing into your OTT service. Which I love that idea. <laughs> and I love that idea because that, man, talk about a world... I'm of the the belief that I can probably go and try to conquer anything if I wanted to do it. There you go. But the world of like being an actor, I don't even, <laughs> where do you start? Like, how do I get into Game of Thrones? Like, how, you know, do you remember that cameo that Ed Sheeran had? Yeah, of course. On the fire? I want to be that guy. I want to <laughs> use my my vocals to, to be a part of a show. And this is kind of like your entry point in. Like, 100%. Any, any man or woman can get on these shows. Yeah. And like for extras, I mean, currently they're finding them through like extras unions and things like that. Yeah. This could be a new way to source and it's a way to more accurately connect with your fans. I love it. And and the best thing about, like, about it is, you know, normally as an extra, you might get paid a little bit. In this case, I could have paid to be a part of it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's a revenue sure. generating source. Sure. Right. Because, I mean, fans of the shows would love to have even some minor role, you know, like take the memorabilia with you or whatever from the set. Like, it would be really, really (laughs) I walk it out with like this giant elephant (laughs) statue. It's like, I'm out of here. See you guys. Take take the whole Iron Throne with you when you leave. No. One iron piece at a time. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Exactly. But I think it could be a great way for them to, one, you know, spice up their OTT offering, which will be one of their fastest growing segments, just if it's on pace with the rest of the market. And two, it's it's a real differentiator between them and some of the other options that are out there. Yeah, I like it. I think it makes a lot of sense. And it's made possible because they not only control the platform, they also control the content that's right. going to create it, right? right? So they can they can kind of force it down the director's throat of saying, hey, <laughs> you got to find a spot for Sean because <laughs> Sean is a valued customer. We promised him one line. <laughs> and he's going to be in this NBA documentary. <laughs> wow. Timberwolves fan has a thought. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, my um, gosh. What? So the economics of it is there's kind of two plans. There's a paid subscription and then yep, the – Which is what they've already announced. So there's going to be a paid subscription OTT. So if you've ever used uh, like Netflix or yeah. HBO Now, you're paying the 10 bucks a month or whatever – uh, they have an option similar to that. This would be a more premium option. Yep. And it would give you, you know, these opportunities, these entries that you could leverage on, you know, experiences to win certain yep. prizes and merch and things like that. Do you see it being the core? I mean, I, I love the idea of having different price points. Yeah. Right. There's a lot of money to be made in getting someone to pay $4 more a month. Right. And, and you know, take that across millions of people. It adds up really quickly. Do you see this being the core sell to it or like icing on the cake? I think this for the premium would be the core sell. Like Mm -hmm. you'd have people who want to just subscribe and watch the shows, but then for your avid fans or the folks that like really get hooked on certain things and they want to hang out with Brad Pitt on the set or just be in a scene with Brad, like they have options to do just that. God, I could be with Brad. You could be with Brad. You could be with Brad. I love it. And the other cool part about it is like if, if this does become their core sell, they not only need to really like stay true to their words, so they're going to have to probably be you know pretty frequent with accepting people. But not only that, like publishing their story, like sharing. You know, Sean just won this chance to be with Brad. That's what's so cool. So if you ever go to Omaze, they share all the stories from the people. Like, oh, you know, Sean got to hang out with Chris Evans, but um, the Captain America set or whatever it is. Like, there's mm-hmm. a bunch of random stuff like that you can. I don't want to be at a viewing party. I like. I want to be in the film. 
I, w- I want to be able to put on my resume alongside all my business stuff. It's like professional actor. <laughs> <laughs> well, just wait. I mean, if Comcast is out there listening, you won't have to wait too long. There could be there could be a new category in the Oscars for like best supporting supporting <laughs> donation driven actor. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be number one in our hearts there, Nels. <laughs> yes. I love it. Well, I think that's a great a great route. We've got two very different ideas. One, leveraging the existing infrastructure, the trucks, the people to try to drive additional revenues that way. And then this one is really just a bolt-on. You can plug in your existing OTT offering that hasn't even launched yet. Yes. Gives you some, uh, some room to grow there. <laughs> well, there you have it. That is Comcast, gang. Until next time. <laughs>